Moses said in Deuteronomy 32, verse 3, Because I will publish the name of the Lord, ascribe ye greatness unto our God. He is the rock. His work is perfect. For all his ways are judgment, a God of truth, and without iniquity, just and right is he. Moses is encouraging the children of God to speak of God and to speak of his greatness and of the things that he has done for them. John chapter 15, verse 15, Jesus said, Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. I try to be very careful to share with the church everything that God has said to me. That's the important thing, is that which God has said to me. So I take special care to share that with you, with the church. We speak of those things God has shown to us, and we share what God has done for us, that those who are of God may be edified and rejoice, and those who rejoice in God will rejoice in that which we have shared that is of God. 1 John chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world. Therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. In the United States, almost everyone that I come across identifies himself as a Christian. I once played duplicate bridge in Lubbock, Texas. I would say only about three or four people at the whole bridge center, only about three or four, did not say they were Christians. Almost all of them went to church. We had a heavy number of Church of Christ, Baptist. Methodists, Presbyterians, Catholic, probably some Pentecostals at the Bridge Center. Almost every person went to church. God had told me one time that I could change my fireplace from gas to wood burning. He had spoken to me by his spirit and said, you can do that knowing that I liked the wood burning better. 
I made immediate plans and changed it to wood burning. One of the women at the bridge center frequently visited my house. And when she saw what I had done, she thought it was wonderful. And I said, now, wait, I I didn't do this of myself. I had driven up beside a truckload of firewood, and I was looking at the firewood, and I thought how much I would like to have a wood-burning fireplace, and the Holy Spirit said to me, you can do that. And I realized for the first time I could change that fireplace. So I did. And it was God who showed me to do this. A few days later, I was at the bridge center. And she was telling three or four other women what I had done. And she said, oh, it's just wonderful. She changed her fireplace from gas logs to wood burning. And it's so nice. And I overheard that. And I said to them, now, now wait, you need to know the whole story. And I told them the story about pulling up beside the pickup and the Holy Spirit saying to me, you can have that. And for the first time realizing that I could change that fireplace. When I spoke to them, everyone just got dead still like death had happened. And they waited till I finished speaking, and then they walked off without rejoicing. See, those people, though they went to church and they would say they're Christians, they weren't born again because they would have rejoiced in what I said that was of God. The ones who are of God want to hear of the works of God. But I tell them anyway. I don't let someone give me praise of man like that. Again, I'm very diligent to share things God has done for me because by hearing that, the church can be helped. God is a spirit, and I've often said to God, sometimes it's a little hard because of you being a spirit. It's a little hard to see you in the sense of your work. I believe we really help the church when we share what God has done. Here's something God did for me recently. I have a theater-type chair in my bedroom, and it has a built-in cup holder. The cup holder is about five inches deep. And when I drink coffee or something, I have a mug, kind of a, well, I don't know what you'd call it, a mug. It's more like a a, a cola drink glass uh, that I use for coffee. And it goes down in the cup holder. But I was using a six-inch glass the other day, and when it went down into the cup holder, it was very hard to get it out because top of the cup only came up about one inch. So it was hard to use it. And I just asked God to help me find some way to put something in that cup holder that I could uh, raise that glass. I just didn't know what to try. Instantly, I noticed a dinner napkin, a cloth dinner napkin that I keep here at my chair 
before I have my meals here in this room. And I use that dinner napkin all the time, so I have it folded and I keep it here on a little stand. And I took that dinner napkin and just stuffed it in the bottom of the cup holder. It raised the glass about three inches above the rim of the cup holder when I did that. It's a small thing, but not to me. It was very important to me. And I knew it was God who showed this to me and showed me what to do to take care of that problem because I had no idea what to try to do. I have found that God's ways, when you really have his plan, it's so easy to do it and simple. God's yoke is easy and his burden is light. And he taught me from the beginning of the time that I was born again that it's easy to be entreated when the wisdom is from God. James 3.17 tells us the characteristics of the wisdom that's from above. It's first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. I just rejoice and marvel at the wisdom that God gives us when we're dealing with problems such as this because the answer is so simple and right before our face and we didn't recognize it until God brought it to our attention. In Matthew, the book of Matthew, Jesus was teaching his disciples to pray. And he said, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Sometimes we don't know the way we are going will lead to bad consequences. But God has a way for us to escape, even when we don't recognize that this is leading us to a problem. In 1980, God put me on radio to exhort the church. Our pastor told me one day, he said, you need to get in touch with Michael Ellison Advertising Agency. They can really do you a lot of good. He was one of their members, and they worked out his um, radio broadcast and later television and several big-name ministers were with Michael Ellison Advertising Agency. I'd never even heard of them until the pastor mentioned them. So I contacted them and became one of their clients. But the way that they were trying to lead me was contrary to the way I believe God had shown me to go. And while they certainly could bring in large numbers of people to your meetings. It was just incompatible with me. Basically, they finally just decided I couldn't be their client because I couldn't obey them. Uh, one of the things they wanted me to do was put on my envelope, send me your re prayer request. I don't want people to do that. You pray. There is no way if you sent prayer requests to me, that I 
could handle the number of prayer requests appropriately and really pray in a correct way. For it has to be an effectual, fervent prayer. You're the one who has the fervent prayer in you because you are the one that has the problem. And therefore, you are able to go to God with the problem with great passion, which I just wouldn't have. So I just always tell people, you pray. If you pray according to the will of God, your prayer will be answered. First uh, John chapter 5. Anyway, I told them, no, I did not want to do that. I did not want to put that on my envelopes. And they said to me, well, you're miss- missing a really good bet. Because if you will put that on your envelopes, when people send you the prayer request, they will usually put in some money along with the prayer request. It was a fundraising gimmick, and I was horrified at the idea of what they were doing, and I wouldn't go along with it. I never did that. In 1982, God gave me a dream, and in that dream, it was just terrifying because One piece of land just silently broke and fell off. And another piece went, then another piece went, then another. And I heard the words, it will be all right through January, but in February it will break loose. I told it on radio and warned the people that something was coming. I didn't know what. February came and went, and it didn't look like anything had happened. And they called me a false prophet, and literally thousands of people quit communicating with me. Later, God showed me the breaking loose would be people leaving me. They were going to be leaving me. And these were basically false Christians who weren't born again. And God was removing them from me. I didn't know that was the situation at the time. But I rejoiced later in how God delivered me from these large masses of people who identified themselves as Christians without being born again. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verses 45. 5 through 47. And Moses made an end of speaking all these words to Israel, and he said unto them, Set your hearts unto all the words which I testify among you this day, which ye shall command your children to observe to do all the words of this law. For it is not a vain thing for you, because it is your life. Moses was getting ready to die. God had told him that. Deuteronomy 34, verse 1. And Moses went up from the plains of Moab unto the mountains of Nebo, to the top of Pisgah, that is over against Jericho. And the Lord showed him all the land of Gilead unto Dan, and all of Naphtali, and the land of Ephraim, and Manasseh, and all the land of Judah 
unto the utmost sea. And the south and the plain of the valley of Jericho, the plain of the palm trees, unto Zoar. And the Lord said unto him, This is the land which I swear unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, saying, I will give it unto thy seed. I have caused thee to see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not go over thither. God said to Moses, Although you have seen it with your eye. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. And he, God, buried Moses in a valley in the land of Moab over against Bethpeor. But no man knoweth of his sepulcher unto this day. And Moses was a hundred and twenty years old when he died. His eye was not dim, nor his natural force abated. And the children of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab thirty days. So the days of weeping and mourning for Moses were ended. And Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands upon Joshua. And the children of Israel hearkened unto Joshua, as the Lord commanded Moses. And there arose not a prophet since in Israel like unto Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. In the scriptures we read that Moses was the meekest of all men. Moses obeyed God. That's the thing meekness is. Obeying the word of God. When God spoke to Moses and told him to do something, he just simply obeyed. And that is the key to meekness. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.